0: In the Nahmaduhu the Hmedu who was an Estherina who was an Esther Ferro, when I all will laugh him in Shurure and Fusina, or means a year at Malina, when you had the Hilla who feller movilella, when you the little feller la ilaha illa who were the Hula Shari Kella, was Haduana Mohammed and Abedu who were a solo. So continuing with the chapter of menstruation. We began last time, and we mentioned the introduction to this chapter, and we mentioned some of the general rulings linked to menstruation. And then after that we began into the first hadith of this chapter, which was the hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha, uh, where she mentioned that Fatima bint Abi Hubaysh used to have the bleeding which was outside of the normal period bleeding. And then in that hadith, The Prophet ﷺ explained the manner in which you can distinguish between the blood of menstruation and the blood which is outside of menstruation, uh, abnormal blood which is not the blood of the period. Uh, After that we also mentioned the hadith of Asma bint Umais, which is narrated by Abu Dawood. And in that hadith again the Prophet ﷺ explained the manner in which a woman can determine what type of blood it is that is exiting, if it is menstruation blood, or if it is other than that. And that hadith mentioned that a woman, she can sit on a bucket or some type of tub, and then to notice what type of liquid is exiting. And then after that it was mentioned that the ghusl can be made for the prayers, and she prays. So now we have reached the hadith of Hamna bint Jahsh, qalat كنت أستحاض حيضه كثيرة شديدة فأتيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أستفتيته فقال إنما هي ركضة من الشيطان فتحيضي ستة أيام أو سبعة أيام ثم اغتسلي فإذا استنقأتي فصلي أربعة وعشرين أو ثلاثة وعشرين وصومي وَصَلِّي فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ يُجْزِئُكِ وَكَذَلِكَ فَفْعَلِي كُلَّ شَهْرٍ كَمَا تحيض النِّسَاءِ فَإِنْ قوية عَلَىٰ أَنْ تُؤَخِّرِ الظُّهْرَ وَتُعَجِّلِ الْعَصَرَ فَإِنْ قوتي عَلَىٰ أَنْ تُؤَخِّرِ الظُّهْرَ وَتُعَجِّلِ الْعَصَرَ ثُمَّ تَغْتَسِلِ حِينَ to do الظهر والعصر you ثم for you to العشاء ثُمَّ تَغْتَسِلِينَ وَتَجْمَعِينَ بَيْنَ صلاتين فَفْعَلِي وَتَغْتَسِلِينَ مَعَ الصَّبْحِ وتصلين قَالْ وَهُوَ أَعْجَبُ الْأَمْرَيْنِ إِلَيَّ رَوَاهُ الخمسة إِلَّا النَّسَاءِ وَصَحَّحُهُ الْتِرْمَذِي وَحَسَّنَهُ الْبُخَارِي In this narration, Hamna bint Jahash, she says, that I used to have this abnormal bleeding outside of the period heavily. That she used to have a heavy amount of abnormal bleeding outside of the normal period. So she says, I asked the Prophet ﷺ, I sought a fatwa from the Prophet ﷺ regarding that. So he said ﷺ, إِنَّمَا هِيَ رَكْضَةٌ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ That it is rakda from the shaitan. And we will explain what this word in the hadith rak means. فَتَحَيِّلِي سِتَّةَ أَيَّامٍ أَيَّامٍ So make your period the normal six or seven days, and then have your ghusl. And then if you are finished from that, you're purified from that, then Pray. 24 days or 23 days of the remainder of the month, fast and pray and that is sufficient. And do it like that every month, i.e. make your period what the normal women would have as their period, six days or seven days, then have your ghusl and continue to fast and pray after that, even if the abnormal blood is coming. And if you are able to delay the dhuhr and bring the asr forward, to pray them together with one ghusl, And then, uh, when you are purified, and then after that, pray the dhuhr and the asr together. Then after that, delay the maghrib and bring the isha forward. Have the ghusl and combine between those two. And then in the morning, make the ghusl for the fajr. So basically that you make the ghusl once for the dhuhr and the asr and pray them. And make the ghusl once for the maghrib and the isha and pray them. And make the ghusl once for the fajr and pray that that is outside of the normal time. But the explanation of all of that will come now in detail. So in this hadith then, uh, Hamna bint Jahsh, Hamna bint Jahsh, she was the daughter of Jahsh, who had three daughters in fact. One of them was Zainab bint Jahsh, and she was the wife of the Prophet. ﷺ. One was Um Habiba bint Jahash, and she was the wife of Abdurrahman ibn Uth. And one was Hamna bint Jahsh. and she was the wife of Talha ibn Ubaidillah. And all three of these, it was mentioned that the three sisters, they used to have this abnormal bleeding which would come outside of the period time. And so in this particular hadith, Hamna. She comes to the Prophet ﷺ to ask him about this affair, about this blood which is coming out outside of the normal period time, this abnormal excessive bleeding. So she came to ask for a ruling regarding that. And this is, Shaykh says, Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan, this indicates the enthusiasm of the women of the companions to learn their religion, and that shyness would not prevent them from learning about the rulings of their religion. And so Hamna, she came to the Prophet ﷺ to ask about this affair, and shyness did not prevent her to find out about the manners in which she is to obey Allah, to pray, etc., and fast, etc. So she came to inquire about that. So the Prophet ﷺ said to her that this is a rak'ah from the shaitan, meaning this abnormal bleeding. It is a rak'ah, a rakdha it actually, in the Arabic language, means if a man, if a person was to hit with his leg, to stamp with his leg, to stamp uh, with the leg. However, in this hadith, the scholars have explained that the meaning of the rakda that the Prophet ﷺ said this is that's what he described this abnormal bleeding as. And what is that then? There are two explanations as to what the Prophet ﷺ meant by this abnormal bleeding which comes outside of the time of the normal period of six or seven days. The first explanation is (laughs) أن الشيطان يتسلط على المرأة في وجودها ذا الدم فيوسوس لها ويشدد الأمر عليها ويلقي عليها الإشكالات من أجل أن يضمها بذلك ويحزنها The first explanation is that what the Prophet meant by saying that the abnormal bleeding outside of the normal period time is a rakdah, is that that bleeding which occurs is an opportunity that the shaitan takes to come and whisper to the women. It's an opportunity that the shaitan comes to whisper to the women to make their state a state of confusion, a state of not understanding, of being perplexed as to what to do with regards to this extra blood coming out. So the women become confused and they become worried and they become concerned. And the shaitan, he makes them to go into that state of emotional worry due to this extra blood coming out outside of the period time, so they don't know what to do, to pray, not to pray, to fast, etc., the confusion arises. And that is the shaitan using that as an opportunity, because the woman is used to having six or seven days approximately for the period. If blood starts to come outside of that normal six or seven days, then the shaitan uses it as an opportunity to come and whisper to the woman to say to her, well, maybe it's still your period, maybe it's still this, maybe it's still that, maybe you should pray, maybe you shouldn't pray, maybe you should fast, maybe you shouldn't fast. The shaitan comes to whisper to the woman now because she becomes confused. What's this extra blood outside of the period? What's the rulings? So maybe that's one explanation as to what the Prophet meant, that the abnormal bleeding, when it occurs outside of the normal period, then the shaitan comes and uses that as an opportunity and exploits it to make the woman concerned and confused about her affair. Which is the reality for many women. That they become confused when the blood comes out, outside of the normal period time. And they are not aware of what they should do. And so they become concerned about that and worried and confused. And that is from the whisperings of the shaitan. Because in reality, if the ruling was known, and the Islamic position on that was known, then the shaitan would not be able to whisper to them in that way. Another explanation of that is, i.e. of this abnormal bleeding that may occur outside of the normal period time. Another explanation of that is in another hadith of the Prophet wasallam when he said, "Inna irq. That that is a vein or a vessel within the woman that may burst or it may bleed within a woman. This vein or vessel of blood within the woman that may bleed And that is mentioned by the Shaykh, it could be caused by the Shaytan. That this vessel or this vein, which may begin to bleed outside of the period time, then that rupture, that rupture in this vessel or vein, that breakage within it for the blood to come out, could be caused by the Shaytan. The Shaytan may move that, May cause some injury to that which causes this blood to exit outside of its normal time, and that is similar to what is mentioned in one narration that the shaitan yajri min ibn adam majra dam. Shaitan he runs through the people just like the blood in the veins and the arteries. As the blood flows through the people's bodies in that way, then the shaitan flows through them in this way. So, he may be able to affect the people and to harm them. And so, one possible explanation is that the shaitan is the one who causes this abnormal bleeding to occur outside of its normal time. And so, a person he seeks refuge in Allah from the shaitan and his activities. As Shaykh Saleh al Fawzan mentions here that if a person does not protect himself from the shaitan with remembrance and supplications, then this type of activity or event may occur. But then what's the ruling on that in any case? When this abnormal bleeding does occur, outside of the normal period time that a woman may be used to, four, five, six, seven days, whatever the time normally is, outside of that time that is used to a normal for the woman, if blood starts to appear, then what is the ruling? So the Prophet said to Hamna bint Jash: Aw The Prophet ﷺ said, "If you have this continuous type of bleeding, and so you're not aware which." Number of days. How many number of days is the actual period? And when does that stop? And when does the abnormal bleeding come in? You're confused about this affair. Where is the period? Days. And what is outside of that? Because the blood appears to be continuous and coming irregularly. Outside of the time here and there. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, Make your period the normal six or seven days. That is the habit of most women, six or seven days. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, in accordance to the normal habit of six or seven days, your period is that. So your normal habit, your normal period, the six or seven days that you would typically expect, then make the number of days for your period that amount. At the time of the month where you would typically expect your period, the six or seven days that you normally typically have, make those days at that time for the period. And the rulings of the period are applicable, so you don't pray, you don't fast, intercourse is not allowable, etc. Outside of that six or seven days then, the Prophet then mentioned, in fact, what if a woman doesn't know when those six or seven days are supposed to be? or how many days are supposed to be. Then the scholars have mentioned that a woman can judge that based upon other women. Maybe other women from her relatives, her sisters for example, or other relatives from the females, she could judge that from there. What do the other female relatives have? Normally six days within a family of relatives in the females, or seven days, then she can base her period to be upon that. Six or seven days roughly. And then after that, the Prophet ﷺ says, Then make your ghusl after the seven days, or six days, or whatever the norm would be for that woman. Then, if you are purified, you have cleaned, you have purified yourself, made the ghusl etc. after the 6 or 7 days or whatever it is, then after that the remainder of the days, either 24 or 23, if it was 6 days that you did the period for, then 26 days, and if it was 7 days, then 23 days remain. The point being, the remainder of the days of the month, you fast and you pray, and that is sufficient. Meaning, (laughs) إِذَا فَإِنَّكِ تَكُونِينَ قَدْ مِنَ That if you make your ghusl after the six or seven days, then you are now pure from the menstruation. So after that time you can continue to pray and fast. 23 or 24 days as the case may be, because that is the norm for most women. That the period of six or seven days and the remainder of the 23 or 24 then they are days that a woman prays and fasts as normal. وَكَذَلِكَ فَفْعَلِي كُلَّ شَهْرٍ كَمَا تَحِضُ النِّسَاءُ And that is how you should do it every month, just as the women do it. Meaning, if a woman finds herself in a state whereby her period is not regular, she has the bleeding for six or seven days, but then after that it continues... The blood continues to come out irregularly here and there. So she doesn't know what to do. Where is the period and where is the abnormal bleeding? What do you do? So here the Prophet says, in that case when you have this type of continuous bleeding, then it cannot be the case that your period is a whole month obviously. It cannot be the case that for the full 20, 30, 40 days of the month, every day if your bleeding is coming out, that the woman is having a period for 30 days. That's not possible. Instead, in that case, if this blood is coming out irregularly and regularly and continuously, then the Prophet ﷺ said, make the six or seven days as per habit of the women as your period, where that would normally come in the month, maybe based upon the number of days that the female relatives have. And then the remainder of the days make the ghusl and pray and fast. The remainder of the days the woman makes the ghusl and prays and fasts. But then it says fa in ala an ta'khiri adh-dhuhra wa tu'ajjili al hina tadhharina wa tajma'i bayna salatayn wa ta'khiri maghrib wa tu'ajjili al-'asha' 'asha' thumma hina tadhharina tusallina adh-dhuhra wal-'asr al-maghrib In this part of the hadith at the end, the Prophet ﷺ then mentioned that if it is possible for the woman to delay the Zuhr prayer to the end time and pray the asr prayer at the beginning time and therefore you're almost praying the two of them together, then a woman should make the ghusl just prior to the dhuhr prayer, make the ghusl, then pray dhuhr and then pray asr, almost together. Then later on, pray the maghrib and the isha with another ghusl. Make another ghusl and pray maghrib and isha. And then at the end, for fajr, make a separate ghusl for that. So in that case, you would end up with three ghusls in the day for a woman who has abnormal bleeding outside of the period. There are two possibilities here though, in accordance to the sunnah. That either the woman only makes wudu at every prayer, as some narrations indicate. That a woman only has to make wudu at every prayer and then she prays, if she has abnormal bleeding outside of the period. Or in this narration as it indicates that you have to make the ghusl for the duhar and the asr, and then a ghusl also for the maghrib and Isha, and then a ghusl also for the fajr. And so at the end of the hadith, he says, that was strange. And perhaps this was the statement of Hamna, or perhaps it was the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. But the point of it being, عَلَى كُلِّ حَالَ الْمُرَاد بِالْأَمْرَيْنِ عَلَى الْوُضُوءِ لِكُلِّ أو So a woman who is having abnormal bleeding outside of the period then during that period of abnormal bleeding, that time when the abnormal bleeding is occurring, she can either just make wudu for every prayer and pray, or make the ghusl and pray the zuhr and the asr together towards the end of the time of zuhr and beginning of the time of asr, or the maghrib and the isha together with the ghusl and the fajr together or by itself with the ghusl. Uh, yes, that, that's, uh, it's going to be mentioned in the fawaid of the hadith also that the blood, of course, when a, when a woman is making only the wudu, then that extra blood which has been coming out, the abnormal blood, then it must be removed. That must be washed away. And then after that, perhaps a woman uh, covers that area with some type of covering so that the blood doesn't continue to come or to uh, flow out. And then she can pray the prayer. That is just like a person who has the urine problem. Some people have urine problem and they have to continuously urinate. Or they have other types of issues within that region. So for those people as the hadith mentions, as the narrations mention, they just make wudu for every prayer and pray. They make wudu for every prayer and pray. Even if after that some issue occurred, they just pray. They are allowed to pray. But the benefits of the hadith will clarify this even further. The sheikh says, what are the benefits to be derived from here now then? The first of them, الحكم الأول, or the rulings to be taken from the hadith. أن الحائض تخالف الطاهر في أحكامها That a woman who is upon menstruation, she is different to a woman who is upon purity. How? Because the woman who is upon menstruation, فالحائض يحرم عليها مص المصحف والمكث في المسجد والصلاة والصيام والجماع Because a woman who is upon a period, then she is not allowed to touch the mushaf, she is not allowed to sit in the masjid upon one of the opinions of the scholars, she is not allowed to pray, she is not allowed to fast, she is not allowed to have intercourse. All of these affairs are not permissible for a woman who is upon the period. However, a woman who is not upon the period, then upon her is to pray and to fast, and it is permissible to have the intercourse. So the first ruling which is derived from these narrations about menstruation is the difference between a woman who is upon menstruation and the woman who is not in terms of what's allowed and what's not allowed. Al-hukm ath-thani afadat hadhihi al-ahadeeth anna bayna dam al-haydh wa dam al-istihadah furuqqan yumayyizu biha kullun minhumah the hadith indicates that there are differences between the menstruation blood and the abnormal bleeding which occurs outside of the period. And that there are differences between them. And we mentioned this briefly before. That the blood of the period, it is dark in color. Black and dark in color. And the blood of the abnormal bleeding, the istihada, is red in color. Also the, the blood of the period is thick. Whereas the blood of the istihadah, the abnormal bleeding outside the period is light and thin. Also the bleeding of the period has a certain smell to it, whereas the bleeding which occurs outside of that is not uh, of that type of uh, odor or smell. So there are differences between the two types of blood al the third ruling which can be understood is the difference between the menstruating woman and the woman who is the mustahaba, the one who is bleeding outside of the normal period abnormally what are the differences? the differences are that a woman who is upon the actual period then she is not allowed to do the things that we mentioned before touching the mushaf, intercourse, prayer, fasting she's not allowed to do those however a woman who is upon the istihadah, the abnormal bleeding outside of the prayer, then she is allowed to do all of those things. She is allowed to touch the mushaf. She is allowed to pray and she has to pray. And she has to fast. And she is allowed to have intercourse even though some of the scholars, they said that it is disliked. Even though it's permissible, it is disliked to have intercourse if the woman is having abnormal bleeding outside of the period. wudu That the woman who is having this abnormal bleeding outside of the period time must make the wudu for every prayer. لأنها في حكم من به فَحَدَثُهَا دَائِمٌ لِذَا فَإِنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهَا الْوُضُوءِ لِكُلِّ وَقَدْ أَرْشَدَهَا النَّبِي إِلَىٰ أَنَّهَا The hadith indicates that a woman who is upon the abnormal bleeding must make the wudu for every prayer. Because her wudu is going to be repetitively broken. If the blood is continuously coming out even outside of the period, then her wudu is going to be continuously broken as the blood it exits. So, therefore, she must make the wudu for every prayer. Make the wudu, clean that area of the blood, make the istinja, clear the blood away from that area, make the wudu, cover that area up and pray. And that is what the woman does for every prayer clear that area, clean that area, cover it with something, wear something upon that area that will cover the blood and not allow it to escape and then make the wudu and pray, and that is to be done for each prayer. Um, ثُمَّ وتسلي, So then she makes wudu and prays, salah, And she does that for every prayer. So if a woman was to purify herself in that area, and then to put some covering over that area, so that the blood doesn't escape, And then she makes wudu and begins to pray, even if the blood is still exiting from her. Even if that abnormal bleeding is still exiting from her during while she is praying. As long as it is covered with something and it is not escaping from that area, and she has made the wudu just prior to the prayer, she can continue to pray and that is sufficient. She can continue to pray and that is sufficient. Remember, this is about the woman outside of her period. She's having abnormal bleeding. So she makes the wudu, she cleans that area, puts something over the area so the blood doesn't escape, and then she prays. Even if during the prayer the blood starts to exit again, as long as that area is covered and it doesn't escape, even though the blood is actually exiting, it doesn't matter, the woman has made the wudu, she's purified herself, and she can pray now, even if the blood is exiting. And this is the abnormal blood. And that is due to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُمْ Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the level you are able to do so. And for the woman who has continuous bleeding, this is the best she can do. Clear that area, cover it up, and then make the wudu and pray. If it starts bleeding again, it's impossible to keep making the wudu. So she makes the wudu once, cleans herself, and prays. And that is the best she is able to do. الحكم الخامس the fifth ruling أن كل من الحائض والمستحاضة يجب عليهم الاغتسال عند نهاية الحيض لرفع الحدث الأكبر هذا واجب على إثنتين، وهذا محل إجماع عند العلماء A woman who is upon normal period, she has a normal period for six or seven days and the remainder of the 23-24 are normal, or a woman who has the six or seven day period and then has continuous bleeding after that as well, both of those women after the actual six or seven day period time must have the ghusl. Even the woman who then has continuous bleeding afterwards, after the normal time of the period, the habit time of the period, the usual time of the period finishes, she must make the ghusl, just like a normal woman would. So that is a ruling which is the same for both of them, and that is consensus of the scholars. That a woman when she finishes her period, she makes the ghusl. Even if it's a woman who when she finishes her period, the blood still continues to come after that as abnormal blood, doesn't matter. After the normal time of the period, she makes the ghusl. And then after that, as we've said, you make the wudu for every prayer and continue to pray The final issue here or one of the final issues here is that this hadith mentioned a woman who is having abnormal bleeding needs to make the ghusl for Maghrib and Isha, and the Ghusl for Dhuhr and Asr, and the Ghusl for Fajr. That's what the hadith indicated, that there should be a Ghusl done. But then we've been saying that it's enough for a woman just to make the wudu for every prayer. So what's the correct position on that? There is a difference of opinion between the scholars. The first opinion is, li kulli the first opinion is that it is a necessity for the woman to have to make the ghusl for every prayer. This is the woman who is now having abnormal bleeding outside of the normal period time. That she must make the ghusl for every prayer because the Prophet ﷺ commanded that in this hadith of Hamna. So the first opinion is that that is an obligation. However, أَجَازَ لَهَا أَن تَخْتَصِرَ الإغسال الاختس- أَوَ الْإِغْتِسَالِ إِلَى ثَلَاثَةٍ فِي الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَةِ However, though, the Prophet did allow the ghusl to be shortened to three times a day. Instead of every prayer, three times a day. Once for dhuhr and asr together, pray dhuhr at the end time, and then asr at the beginning time, so you get them in both together closely, and maghrib and isha, and then fajr. So that's what they mentioned, that there must be at least three ghusls which are made for the prayer. But be aware that this hadith, when it says you make the ghusl for dhuhr and asr, it doesn't mean that you're combining them. You're combining them, but still you're praying them in their right time. It doesn't mean you leave the dhuhr and then at the time of asr later on combine them together, make the ghusl and combine them. What it means is, when dhuhr is getting right to the last time, Imagine for example Asr these days now for example starts at 2 p.m. For example, if Asr starts at 2 p.m. Then the meaning of this hadith is that the woman who is having abnormal bleeding should make Ghusl maybe 1.30, 1.45 p.m. So that she can pray dhuhur still in Zuhr time. Dhuhr time finishes at 2 p.m., Asr time starts then. So she should make the Ghusl right at the end of Zuhr time so she can pray the Zuhr still in its time, 1.50 PM for example. Then as soon as she finishes Dhuhr, a few minutes later, Asr starts. So she can pray the Asr in its time. So both prayers are still in their times. But because you are praying one right at the end of its time, and the next one right at the beginning of its time, it looks like you're combining them. It appears as if you've combined them. But in reality, you've prayed each one in its right time. And that's what's meant here, that a woman should make the Ghusr at the end of the Dhuhr time, And pray the dhuhr in its time, and then straight away after that, it will be asr time. So you can pray the asr straight away. That way you don't have to wait an hour or two hours and then end up having to make ghusl again. You make the ghusl once, and the two prayers, they are prayed together in a short amount of time. And the same for Maghrib and Asha, and then one by itself for Fajr. So that is one opinion, that the ghusl must be made for dhuhr and asr, then for Maghrib and Asha, and then for Fajr, based upon this hadith. The second opinion أنه لا يجب عليها الاغتسال لكل صلاة وإنما يكفي الاغتسال الأول عند نهاية الحيض لأن في تكرار الاغتسال مشقة وحرج، مشقة وحرجا والدين لا يأتي بالحرج والمشقة فضلا عن أن الروايات التي, أن الروايات التي ذكرت الاغتسال كلها معلولة ولا حديث صحيح ليس فيها الا الوضوء ولا شك بانه عند التعارض يرجح الصحيح على الضعيف والمعلول ومنهم من قال بان احاديث الامر احاديث الامر بالوضوء ناسخة لاحاديث الاغتسال فعلى كل حال فانهم لا يرون بانه يجب عليها الاغتسال the second opinion is that it is not obligatory to have to make for the prayers, even those three times. Once for Dhuhr al-Asr, once for Maghrib al-Asha, once for Fajr. The second opinion is, it is not obligatory to have to make those ghusls. All that is obligatory is, that the woman, after she finishes her normal days of the period, six or seven, then she has the ghusl. Then after that, on the eighth day, the ninth day, the tenth day, the blood is still coming out. This is abnormal bleeding now. In those days of the abnormal bleeding then, she doesn't have to make ghusl for the prayers. As long as she made the ghusl at the end of the actual period time, then after that she doesn't have to make ghusl for each prayer, instead she just makes the wudu. The reason for that opinion is, that the scholars have said who took this opinion, that the narrations that mention having to make the ghusl, all of them are weak or have some issues in them. Whereas the narrations that mention making the wudu are authentic. So they said, these are the authentic narrations, the wudu ones, not the ones about making the ghusl. So therefore they said, the opinion is, that you need to make wudu only, on top of the fact that they have another answer, which is that they say, the ahadith which mention that you need to make wudu for every prayer if you have abnormal bleeding, they have abrogated the ahadith which said you have to make ghusl. So in any case, the second opinion, because of these reasons, they came to the conclusion that all you have to do is make the wudu for every prayer, and not to have to make the ghusl. Al Qaul al-Thalith. There is a third opinion on the issue, though. Wa huwa yamilu and this is the opinion of al Imam as Sanani, the one who wrote Subul as-Salam, that famous book. <coughs> إِنَّ الْإِغْتِسَالَ يَقُولُ إِنَّ الْإِغْتِسَالَ مُسْتَحَبُّ لَهَا وليس واجبا. He says that making the ghusl for every prayer for the woman who is having the abnormal bleeding outside of the period time is mustahab, it is recommended and liked, but not an obligation. It is mustahab, but not an obligation. وَهُوَ لَيْسَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يوجبونه. So he is not from amongst those scholars who make it an obligation. وَلَيْسَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ لَا يرون مشروعيته And he is not with those who say that it is not obligatory at all. Instead he says, the middle way between those two is that it's not obligatory, but if you did that, it's good. It's a good and recommended mustahab thing to do. Because the blood is coming out, abnormal bleeding, so it's good to have the ghusl before the prayer, to make sure of pure... Uh, to be upon good purity. But it's not an obligation. As-shaykh Salih al-Fawzal, Hafizahullah ta'ala says that the correct opinion from these, or the strongest opinion from them, Allahu a'lam, is the second opinion. في عدم مشروعية لاغتسال لكل صلاة لستحبابا ولا وجوبا the second opinion the Sheikh says appears to be the strongest in his opinion, Allahu Alam, which is that the woman does not have to make the ghusl at all when she is in the time of abnormal bleeding. Not even as a recommended act. Because the Sheikh says that would place difficulty upon the woman to have to make three ghusls in the day. Even as a recommended act, to make three ghusls in the day that's something which would cause difficulty. On top of the fact that these scholars have mentioned, the evidences are not strong, which say that you need to make the ghusl. ولم تصح به على أن هناك uh, ومن أهل العلم من يقول بأن أسماء أو حمنا هي التي تغتسل باجتهادها ولم يأمرها, بذلك. And some of the scholars have actually said that hamna or asma that those women, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عنهن, they used to make the ghusl from their own ijtihad, from their own ijtihad, their own striving to understand this ruling, from their own position that they used to make the ghusl. It wasn't actually a commandment of the Prophet And so based upon that, Shaykh Fawzan says, that the woman who finishes her normal period, but then, and then makes the ghusl, but then after that, in the rest of the month, she still gets bleeding. Outside of the period, the period time is finished. But she still gets bleeding. So the sheikh says the best opinion is for that woman, as long as she had the ghusl when her normal period finished, then the rest of the days when this blood comes out, all she needs to do is make the wudu for every prayer. Wash that area, wash the area of the blood, put something over it to cover it so the blood doesn't escape. Make the wudu and pray for every prayer. And it's not an obligation or even a recommendation to have to make the ghusl. That's the opinion of the Shaykh. But like we said, there are the other opinions. One of them saying it's an obligation, and the other one saying it's maybe recommended at least. Al-Mas'ala to Sabi'ah. Anna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ahala al-mustahadata ila thalaathi alamat waqat taqaddamat minha the Prophet ﷺ indicated to the woman who is having abnormal bleeding outside of her normal period three signs to look out for. The Prophet ﷺ explained three signs to look out for when a woman is having bleeding which is continuous and is going on for days and days, and a woman doesn't understand what's going on. Is this the period? Is it not? What do I do? Do I pray? Do I not? Then in that instance the Prophet ﷺ clarified three affairs. The first of them was Al-Aada, the Habit. Meaning that if a woman normally had seven days period, for example, normally it was seven days, every month seven days is the period. Then all of a sudden one month, for whatever reason something goes wrong, And she ends up after seven days still bleeding. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Carries on one month. So what does the woman do? One of the things the Prophet ﷺ explained is that in that case, you don't just carry on not praying and not fasting and not doing anything. You see I'm still bleeding. But after the normal time of seven days, make your ghusl and then carry on doing what we just mentioned in this hadith. Make the wudu. So base it upon what the norm is. Your norm and your usually seven days. If for some reason in some month it goes outside of that and some problems occur, it carries on for 10, 15, 20 days, then the remainder of the days outside of your norm, then make your wusal and then just make wudu for every prayer. That's one. Look at the norm and the habit that you are normally upon. Another way, imagine a person doesn't know, maybe a person isn't able to work out what the norm or the habit is, maybe it varies often, six days, ten days, eight days, it varies and the woman isn't able to work out what's the norm, what is the usual, is it seven days, is it eight days, is it six days? In that case the Prophet ﷺ mentioned another way, which is that you look at the actual blood itself which is exiting. What's the type of blood which is exiting? And we mentioned the characteristics already, the characteristics of the menstruation, the period blood, will be that it is thick, and that it is dark, and that it has an odor, a smell. As for the non-period blood, abnormal bleeding outside of the period, then it will be much more red in color, and much more lighter, not thick and dense. And it will not have any odor to it. So you'll be able to tell from the actual blood, is this menstruational blood, period blood, or not. And so you will be able to work out what you need to do. And that's why we mentioned that other hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that a woman can sit upon something and notice or examine the type of blood which is exiting. The type of liquid which is exiting. And then you can work out if that is period blood or otherwise. Um, What if a woman doesn't know what the usual time for her is she doesn't know is it normally six days seven days eight days nine days there's confusion it changes around a lot every month also maybe she is not somebody who is able to identify and distinguish the different types of blood she's not able to identify and distinguish between the different types of blood then what does that woman do how what do you do in that case you don't know what the usual is, you don't know how to distinguish between the blood to work it out, then in that case there is a third option, which is that the woman, she bases her period upon the norm of other women. The norm and the habit and what's usual for the other women, particularly the relatives of her family. What is the norm for them? Is it six days? In that case, do it as six days and after that make the wudu and pray for every prayer. Make the wudu for every prayer and pray. Is it seven days? In that case, seven days. And then after that make the ghusl and wudu for every prayer and pray. So base it upon the other women and their habits and norms if you're not able to do either of the other affairs. هذا ملخص ما دلت عليه هذه الأحاديث من أحكام ولا شك أن الحيض والاستحاض فيهما إشكالات عظيمة والنساء الآن تكثر عندهن الاضطرابات وتغير الدم وتقطعه عليهن بسبب الأدوية والمآكل والمشارب التي اختلفت وبسبب الأمراض التي حدثت وبسبب الراحة أيضا وعدم الحركة فمن عرفت الضوابط التي ذكرنا سهلت عليها معرفة الأحكام uh, فِي أَمْرِ والاستحادة وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ As Shaykh Salih Al-Fawzan, concludes with this conclusion and it is a befitting conclusion and an advice to the women. So the Sheikh says, this is the summary of what is mentioned regarding menstruation and the abnormal bleeding that we've now spoken about. That is a summary of it. There are of course more narrations that will come but this is a summary of the affair about the period and about a woman who extends beyond her period and the bleeding still carries on. What does she need to do? These things now we've mentioned them. And the sheikh says that there's no doubt that menstruation, periods, abnormal bleeding it's something which causes great problems for women. And it causes a lot of confusion for women. Because the blood, it does stop and start, and maybe the period does go longer and shorter. These things, they happen to women. Sometimes because of certain medicines. Nowadays, with all types of different medicines for different uh, illnesses, maybe some of these medicines and their side effects could affect the cycle within the woman. Maybe it's the type of food and drink. Nowadays, the different types of foods, the different types of drinks... And some of those things within those foods and drinks could affect the cycle of the woman. It could be due to other illnesses. Sometimes certain illnesses, new types of viruses may occur and that may have an effect on the cycle of the woman. So she becomes confused where the period is and where abnormal bleeding is. And the Shaykh says it could also be due to the fact that there is much less activity. There is much less activity amongst the people now, including the women. Meaning people have become a little bit more lazier now. People are lazy to a degree, people generally, and women of course, within that. And so maybe due to there being less movement and less physical activity, it's not like the olden days when everybody goes out to the farms and plows and agriculture. Now the people, they relax and they sit around and there is very little physical activity. And the Sheikh says, that's one of the reasons. It could be one of the reasons why these problems occur in the cycles of the women. They are not in that physical way, keeping active, etc. But in any case, whatever the reason is, if the period becomes abnormal and the days start to extend, etc., then if a woman was to know these principles, know these and understand them, then it would be easy upon her to work out how to behave when that period goes outside of its time and blood still keeps coming afterwards, then a woman will be able to work out what to do and how to do it, based upon these principles, if she was educated on them. So we'll conclude upon that point, that is that section completed. Uh, And next time there is the hadith of Aisha anha. Uh, Further narrations about blood which may occur outside of the period, because this is one of the biggest problems that women have, that women mention. The confusion when blood starts to come out after the period. So the women, they say, we had the period and we made the ghusl. Then a day later, more blood started coming. Or two days later, more blood started coming. So there are more narrations that are going to be mentioned about that issue further to explain more details about what a woman does when this confusion may arise for the period. And inshallah, we'll continue with that then next week at the same time. uh, Approximately quarter past six inshallah ta'ala. Uh, and we'll conclude there for now. Salallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad alihi